Good evening, pursuant to government code section 549453, uh, part E, and we are holding this uh, meeting telephonically for the Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee for February 14th, 2020. And for those of you who didn't know, it is Valentine's Day. Uh, we'll be conducting telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. So with that, um, I think we might want to call the roll at this point. So Chairman Roller. Here. Under Paul. Um, Kieran Cullion. Here. Jessica Penrod. Here. Super. Uh, do we have Regan Fulton? Has he joined us yet? I think so, but I do believe we have a quorum at this point. Our alternates, um, uh, Warren Wells, I don't think he's here either, but I figured I'd call his name out just in case. He, uh, he texted me and said he's just going to be a couple minutes late. He, we should expect him in a bit. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. So I think we've passed the call to order at this point in time, and we're moving on to public comments on items not on the agenda. Does that sound right, uh, Chairman? Yep. All right. So uh, for public comments uh, on, on items not on the agenda, this time uh, is for us for citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda, except in very limited situations, state law prohibits the Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee may refer matters not on the agenda to city staff or direct that the subject be agendized for future meetings. If you want to comment during the public comment portion of the agenda, you can use the raise hand function in the Zoom uh, under reactions. And, uh, or you can press star nine if you are on a phone. Uh, the staff will select you from the meeting queue. Please be patient while we wait for the queue. So at that point, is there anybody who would like to, um, any public comment at this point in time? The chairman, I don't see anybody raising their hands. It might be a little bit early on this, but that's okay. Okay, well, I think uh, if we don't see anybody, then let's, let's call it a move on. All right, that sounds good. So we're moving on to item three, approval of minutes. Okay, do we have a motion to approve the minutes? I move to approve the minutes. All right. Second. There we go. Sorry, I knew I missed something. All right, um, uh, Jessica Penrod? Yes. All right, Karen Cullion? Yes. Karen Roller? Yes. That motion passes. All right. Our next item is membership updates. Uh, Mr. Chairman, did you want to talk a little bit about that one? Uh, <clears throat> yes. Uh, so we, 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 we got an update from uh, the, the city uh, council about, I guess the city council is going to be looking uh, in March to um, do interviews of those applications. And so just wanted to uh, call out the patients for um, anyone that has applied and hasn't uh, hasn't been talked to yet. So we're we're down a, a, a member, and we've been bringing that up every <clears throat> meeting. Uh, 
And I just wanted to continue to update that and thank you for your patience um, on that. Uh, so, um, and uh, we welcome we welcome your uh, participation uh, as public commenter. I think that candidates, Mr. Chairman. But uh, yes, we have some good candidates. We have some great candidates. Yes, um, yeah. Karen Weiner has been joining us every uh, meeting, and she's uh, she's a great candidate. So we'd love opportunity to have her uh be officially uh able to to join us um and uh but we do well we still need more applications uh if if i'm uh i don't know how many applications have been applied but by all means uh, uh for those out there um that would love to apply we we uh we still have uh, vacancies as an alternate member as well kieran did you have something to say yeah i was gonna add that yeah we have the alternate member and the 94965 liaison and given our connectivity to Marin City, to the Floating Homes community, who is not uh, technically in Sausalito, but experiences a lot of the pedestrian bicycle pinch points that we all do, I, I, that's a role I re would really like to fill soon as well. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, absolutely. That's uh, also vacant and a very important, uh, very, very important uh, part of this committee, just to, to get a different perspective from somebody that is uh, greatly affected by the decisions here in Sausalito um, in our neighboring communities in Marin City and the houseboats. So please get out there, apply. And it sounds like in March, uh, they'll be contacting. That's, uh, that's that. Jessica uh, Penrod, this is where we usually do the um, accident reports. I was wondering if you made any progress on that. I did. I did not find any new accidents that were on scooters. Wow, since the last time that we've reported it, you're saying? Yeah. Since um, the last one that was reported was September of 2021. I think that's good news, right? Or something's not working, or the system's not working, yeah. I think there might be an issue because I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, the uh, sighting that Kieran had was in between that time period. But it does not result in an injury. And because of that, is likely not recorded in splitters, as I understand. Mm -hmm. Got it. So yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. It, it it creates a sizable gap, right? So you're testing yes. certain types of incidents, but certainly not all of them. Mm -hmm. So then, unfortunately, it is. Um, yeah. Just things are not being reported in what would be considered an accident. Right. Yeah. From an observed accident. Okay. Well. We'll keep an eye on that, and um, if yeah, this if the stats continue to remain that low, then that's becoming statistically suspicious at that point. Because I think the yeah, so we'll we'll keep it going, and we'll talk to you uh, at the next meeting and see if there's been any updates. Thank you for being on that, and I'm glad to hear that got past the technical issue that stopped there last day. Very good. Okay, cool. So I think uh, uh, Kevin, that's that's it for for membership uh, member updates. Maybe there, if anyone has any public comments uh, related to uh, the member updates, Susan, go ahead. Oh, thanks. Sorry, Aaron. I just wanted to let folks know I um, I sent this to Kevin and Chris too today at the um, Transportation Authority of Marin Funding and Legislative Committee um, meeting. We had a kind of a good presentation and staff report on. The Infrastructure Investment um, and Jobs Act, um, which is 
you know, the bipartisan infrastructure bill. And it just kind of started to give an overall overarching picture of money coming down the pike for transportation projects, including Vision Zero projects and slow streets, not slow streets, but um, uh, pedestrian bike improvements, et cetera. So it was a good start. Um, there's still a lot of unknowns in how the money exactly will make its way towards local governments, but I thought it was a good start. And uh, there's a really good attachment, Exhibit A, to that report uh, that talks about all of the different pots of money. So I've asked Serge to attach it to our city council meeting agenda tomorrow night. And if anyone wants, I can send it to them directly. Um, but Warren Wells was also at our meeting and um, had some good comments as did some other member of the public. So it's good. Yeah. I honestly um, received an email, I think, right after that meeting from Matthew Hartzell and uh, from, from you know, Transportation Alternatives of Marin, W. Villeneuve. Yeah, Stroke. Matthew was there too. Yeah. Yeah. And he was very, very excited. And he uh, he mentioned your name that that, that, that was uh, a, a really good meeting and something that he sees a great opportunity for to, uh, from an equity perspective, uh, for connecting Sausalito and Marin City. Great. And then um, uh, Chris just reminded me tomorrow night um, on our agenda at the City Council is uh, priorities for seeking grants. Uh, we're just going to have a general discussion. I think staff has been putting together their priorities and then uh, Chris is giving an opportunity for council members to weigh in. So if you have written or oral public comment, um, encouraging us in one direction or another, that would be certainly be very welcome. And that's something that uh, you'd like the the members uh, of this committee could be providing that as well. Yeah, any member of the public or especially folks on this committee who have, um, I mean, you guys have been doing so much work already with Kevin mm -hmm. and public works on various grant opportunities and projects that you've been prioritizing. So just making sure, I mean, I've given committee reports before to the council, but if you wanted to highlight some of those projects, including the one that you're going to talk about tonight, that would certainly be welcome. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Um, if I don't see any hands up from the public, then um, we can go on to the next item. This item is um, our regular business items, and I'm pretty interested in this one. This is a discussion about Bridgeway from Napa to Harbor Street. So. And I know you put a, together a lot of this documentation that goes along with it, and there's a lot of it. So yeah. Talk, if you want to kind of lead us through it at this point. Sounds good. I do have a presentation, so let's, uh, I'll share my screen here and um, start with that. And okay. there we go. And let's do a little present. Okay, just dealing with some stuff here. Okay. Okay, you guys can see the presentation, yeah? Sausalito Pathways? Yep. Okay, so, uh, so actually, if you guys can recall, in October, we talked about um, the pathways all the way through, like the dream of having a pathway all the way through 
Sausalito, a protected pathway, uh, maybe shooting for 2025. Um, during that time, we had talked about uh, kind of a no-brainer, I think, uh, in actually extending the Mill Valley Sausalito bike path uh, along what is already the old railroad corridor and is uh, even shows up on Google Maps as a bike path. And you can kind of see on the other side of Harbor there would be a vision of what we had talked about last time. And that actually would then cross Harbor here and would continue to the south. And today we'd love to talk about from Harbor Drive to Napa Street. I think this section is uh, a great opportunity because there's a lot of needs, but it's also not as straightforward, I think, as the other section where it's pretty obviously uh, makes a, a class one path. So I'd like to uh, continue talking about that. So what we've got here is it's a 0 0.8 mile section of, of road, if you will, if you travel right now on Bridgeway, which is uh, the main bicycle route, class two bike path. I think a lot of us know that. That's just a, not a bike path, I'm sorry, bike lanes, class two bike lanes. And so um, the, uh, the goals for this segment, one of the, you know, one of the, the just highlighting a little bit of the, 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 the places around there. We've, first of all, it's connecting to the Sausalito Mill Valley path. Um, and so here we go, Warren's joining us. Um, also, we've got our elementary school on Nevada Street, and that's a connection, a very important connection that we can uh, allow uh, students to walk and bike in a safer manner to school. Um, we've got our Dumpy Park connection. Uh, we've got physical separation from vehicles. And so that's the goal with these, these bike paths is to, to really get a physical separation so that we can reach Vision Zero. Want to keep the cost low. That's one of the things that we're going to be highlighting. Maybe one of the things that's been blocking us from actually making progress on the plans from 2011. Keep the controversy low. I think that's always a goal for us. And there's a lot of controversy in this section and we'll talk about that. Um, be great to have a fast design and implementation. We've seen a really good class one path in a document for now 11 years. Um, let's do better. Let's get something, let's get paint on the ground. Let's make a difference. Um, we've got, uh, let's, let's consider transit. Let's, let's make sure that the bus stops are, are good. So let's not just take, make it better for bikes. We actually have to look at a complete street. Let's consider that, um, efficient, uh, travel for bicycles. So I think that's one of the things that we want to highlight is it's getting through. And then also we want it to be peaceful and enjoyable. And I think uh, a lot of us have different uh, ideas of what that may be, but there's opportunities here. What we're seeing here is two different main alignments. One is we could align uh, the bikeway along Bridgeway. The other one is we could actually align it along it through the Marin ship. What you see there in the, in the, in the, in the Marin ship path is really the existing bikeway that most of us uh, when we want to get away from the bridgeway we maybe we've got kids or whatever you can actually take this way and it's actually pretty mellow there's also then the potential of kind of straightening it out and maybe not following the road as it does and that's uh that's a class one path that was designed in the feasibility study of 2011. 
Um, so uh, this kind of bullets, you know, itemizes the, the 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 different alignment possibilities. We've got two different choices in the Marin ship, and we've got three different choices on Bridgeway, if you will. And we're going to go through those today, um, at a high level. And then yes, we've we've attached a lot of details as documents that are just probably too much to talk about here um, dur during this meeting. So really, this um, this presentation is just going to give you a little bit of, a, of an appetizer for each one of these sections. So let's, uh, let's take a look at the feasibility study. This is uh, segments four and, and five. Uh, four and five, uh, you know, you can see segment one is the ferry, right? Segment six is, um, is the Mill Valley Sausalito bike path connection to, you know, Mike's Bikes, Highway 101 kind of thing. Four is the, the Marin ship from Dumpy Park to kind of the Marin ship way from Easterby and, and the Easterby intersection where 7-Eleven is. And then segment five is continuing from there to uh, Harbor, to Molly Stones, Harbor Drive, FedEx, that kind of thing. So that gives you a little bit of an idea. This was, uh, this was again, designed in 2011 and um, uh, as you can see, I kind of threw a little little pun in there. I don't know if that's the word, but anyway, the infeasibility study. Why? Why was this so infeasible? Um, the cost of this segment five is just astronomically high. Um, segment four is already a path, and it really is just repaving it, maybe widening it a little bit, but it doesn't have the same cost. Segment five ends up having a lot of right of way uh, of acquisition, and so. This kind of seems infeasible. It seems like it's, 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 it's a high price. And the question is, is it, is it worth it? But maybe there's actually a way we can actually do this alignment and, uh, and find a, a, a less expensive way to do it. Um, that uh, is, a, is a document that was uh, referenced. Uh, if you want to see more details about what that looks like, we've talked about it in the past. And, uh, and we can even look into some more of the map today. But, um, but basically it, it really just hugs uh, kind of the along, along Bridgeway on a super flat. It is definitely the ideal path if you were to have one. It's just the cost is a little high. So one of the other concepts I want to introduce is this, uh, this concept of a bike boulevard. I mean, that's really what the Marinship already is. It, you, when you ride down there, you don't feel crowded or rushed. You know, there's not a lot of cars, not a lot of traffic. The, the, it's not a through way. In fact, in fact, uh, cars can't uh, come from the south to the north here um, legally. There's a, it's a, it's a one way that both leads to the, um, to, to the uh, C track and the, and the Bay model there. So it's, it actually ends up being not a very busy road and it's something that already feels pretty, pretty good. So actually making it a bike boulevard just takes some paint, some signs. It's actually a really you know, very inexpensive thing. And I think, but I'm not sure, maybe a, a low controversy thing. I mean, would, would, would anybody disagree with that? Possibly, well, you know, um, there's a lot of controversy about anybody doing anything to the Marin ship. And then also, it's not clear to me who owns this road and, and uh, what the city of Sausalito can do. So I'm just saying, hey, it'd be really cool if there's a big boulevard, but there may be some challenges to that. Um, 
So uh, this talks a little bit about bike boulevards. Um, it's, you know, it just uses signs, pavement markings, speed and volume management. It already kind of has that. We don't have to change anything as far as the, the speed or the volume management goes, I don't think. And uh, so I think it's a pretty good candidate for a bike boulevard. Um, and, uh, and this kind of highlights, again, with our goals, what would a bike boulevard do for us? It would, uh, you know, uh, the right we have, we do have, uh, it's not ideal because right now it's the last little section on the north near Molly Stones, it gets a little busy, you know, FedEx and all that stuff on the connection to Harbor. And so that's something to say, hey, even though this is great, there's still a little bit, it gets a little bit busy there. So maybe there's something we could do to, to, to minimize some of the stress with uh, all the cars pulling into that fairly busy kind of shopping area. Um, there is no connection to Nevada Street School. So this is an ideal as far as the, the safe routes to school because they still have to go kind of cross over on Harbor right on the sidewalk. Um, it's got a great dumpy park connection, low cost, super low cost. I think it's low cost controversy. Um, the bus stops are not affected at all. They're not in there um, for really fast. Um, and it's not super efficient. It's flat, but it's kind of a winding thing. And so you're, you're probably not going to satisfy the bike highway and that kind of concept. But it is super peaceful. And um, I think a lot of us kind of enjoy just being down there because you're away from the cars on Bridgeway. So something that I think would be great that we would do, you know, no matter what, because it seems like a no brainer and it says, hey, by the way, if you're on a bike, this is a great choice. This is a great option. Um, now that was uh, the Marine ship that we had talked about there. And now I wanna take us over to Bridgeway. Now the concept here with Bridgeway is, well, if, if we're going to uh, make any changes on Bridgeway, then we're gonna have to extend the single lane uh, area in the, in near the Caledonia near Napa Street, we're going to have to extend that. What well, is a single lane already in the in the northbound direction? We're going to need to extend that all the way to Harbor to actually make room so we can actually uh, have a have some bike paths. So the concept here is well, maybe we can have a road diet. What is a road diet? It's just simply uh, reducing the number of lanes um, to match the traffic that's. Uh, uh, counted on that road. And um, and we have here is a, a study from 2016 um, at the, this is, a, this is at um, Easterby. And so the numbers are a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit hard to read um, because they're kind of small, but it actually just highlights how many uh, vehicles uh, would travel through this intersection. Um, in, in the various directions at the peak times. And the, the uh, according to the Federal Highway Administration, 750 vehicles per hour uh, peak traffic, that's kind of where, hey, you could, you could really get away with just one lane. Um, Bridgeway peaks at 545. I think that's the, 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 uh, the number um, that is uh, highlighted right here. I think that's actually low. I, I think it, uh, I maybe didn't add up all the numbers. So I imagine um, Mr. Parisi might want to correct me on what, what is the actual flow here. Um, but I think it, there's, a, there's a possibility that um, that Bridgeway uh, has low enough traffic that they, uh, it actually would be fine with a single lane. 
And so I'd love to hear more from uh, the traffic engineers on if that's a possibility. Um, so let's just see what that would look like. Uh, this is a, um, a two-way cycle track that would exist on the Bayside uh, lane. In other words, the northbound lane. Um, and it would uh, essentially the, the, the lane, uh, it would be a single lane of vehicles uh, separated by an orange uh, divider and then a two-way cycle track. Um, why two-way? Because uh, we want to connect the Mill Valley cycle, uh, the Mill Valley class one path, which is two-way, and it'd be great if we could just extend that and, and have people continue on this cycle track. And um, be able to, uh, this, is, this would be a fairly uh, low cost implementation because it's paint, mostly paint. Maybe those physical dividers can be those orange um, those orange, you know, dividers that, that, that are filled with water or sand or whatever. And, uh, you know, um, they, this is actually really important, uh, because it is a good connection with Harbor drive. There's actually already a, a, a path entrance there at the Harbor drive. Actually, it's worth mentioning at, at Harbor drive, the cars would, uh, would actually then have two, two lanes again. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a single lane up to the intersection because about 400 uh, meters from that intersection, sorry, yeah, maybe more like 100 meters from that intersection is uh, where they would enter and, and go on to the class one path. Um, the, you've got Dumpy Park, it's connected to that. There's, it, you've got your, your walls, separated vehicles. It's not particularly peaceful, I would say, because you still have cars cruising by, but it's still like, at least you feel a little bit safer because you are separated by a physical barrier and then um and it's, it's relatively fast design and implementation because this has been done a lot in the in the most in recent years by especially san francisco and other communities that have uh been able to get class four um cycle tracks through their their town um another opportunity we have is Aaron, i just saw a hand pop up Susan, oh yeah please yeah, thanks. So I was um, lucky enough this weekend to have Aaron and Kieran kind of, we rode our bikes along here to check this option out. And Aaron, I think one of the other interesting things that since this presentation might be watched by others is that the right turn pocket, the right turn lane into Molly Stones also re remains. So yep. you keep that right turn, which I think is important too. Yeah. And it's actually, before it's i think on your first picture it yeah really yeah well. it would look just like this because you see the path is already on the sidewalk and i think yeah this 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 says it all and thank you susan for bringing that up because it's very relevant because this is where it starts to get a little bit busy and the right turn the queuing up at the stoplight remains as two lanes and so it's really just a single lane of travel along that long stretch and of course uh, people drive really fast along that long stretch and it would be great to have this separated this uh this area here people go super fast we had a we had a radar gun it was quite startling <laughs> anyway um so moving on another uh right now we're we're really just exploring the many different options uh not not all these are, are necessarily recommended options this is one that i wanted to mention as a possibility there is 
the concept of, well, what if we didn't have two-way cycle track, but we just made buffered uh, lanes? Well, they probably would still have to uh, reduce the lane. Um, and in this case, if we had one way in each direction, then each side of bridgeway now has a lane reduction. Besides increasing the controversy of this, it actually, um, there's actually some disadvantages uh, in that the people that are on the Mill Valley cycle uh, path would then have to cross over and, 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 and actually uh, ride like they do now. And that's, so it's very similar to what we have now, but it would actually just have uh, physical barriers. So that's, that's a possibility. Uh, there's, it actually ends up increasing the cost because you're now kind of doing the same work on two different parts of the road, doubling the cost almost. Um, and then also the controversy is higher because now the lane is being reduced in two directions and that just a presumably is gonna create more controversy. Um, this actually, I think it creates better bus stops um, than, than uh, some of the others. Um, but, uh, and that's in the detailed document. When you, if you look in the detailed document that's attached to the agenda, you can kind of see some of the, um, the designs that we've got. Maybe we can look at that a little bit later, depending on the, how the discussion goes. Um, the, uh, yeah, so, and it, the same kind of peacefulness right now as, as what exists, maybe more peaceful because you actually have a physical waltz. And then uh, one other concept, and this one's kind of the Hail Mary, if you will, you know, uh, is is what if we were to just take the um, you know the bikes uh, and the buses and we put them all on the northbound side or on the bay side and we took the the vehicles and we made a, a two-way traffic with really no bike lane on that side and you made that just the vehicles only and you completely separated them across the existing median and um there's these are some of the the uh the highlights of the advantage of this and i think uh karen if you'd you know like to talk more now about this you could you, you have a presentation that goes into more detail about this yeah i don't think i need to put up the other presentation um unless it's helpful but you really hit the nail on the head is that if we think about bridgeway today uh, especially in this section, you know, it, it doesn't look like a current highway, but it definitely looked like a highway of the 1930s or so. And if we compare it to what we're trying to achieve with this stretch of road right, right now, it's, it's pretty incompatible. Um, we have traffic, it's going quite fast. We've got nine stoplights in town, of which three of them are in this little stretch. And I'll stop for a minute, actually. Kevin, I see your hand up. No, I don't think you have to stop. You can keep going. That just... Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, it's really this median split traffic is a, um, an, a way that we could do a couple of things. We could remove one third of our traffic lights in town, uh, which keeps traffic flowing efficiently. It is better for emissions. Um, and we can do it in a way that actually is better for not just the cars, because uh, you know, the cars are, are going to be stopping for um, three of those nine stoplights in town. But we could give separate routing for bicycles. Um, why is that good? Well, it's good for the people that are already out there riding bicycles. They can do it safely. Um, but 
what's even more exciting is that when you look at what does it take to get people out on the road and to try a different mode of transportation, one of the biggest factors is do they feel comfortable? You know, not even have they done it and they felt safe. Um, what is their perception, having never ridden a bike, of is it safe to be out there and ride a bicycle? And when you look at Bridgeway today with a fairly narrow five-foot um, bike path or bike, uh, bike lane and high-speed traffic uh, blasting past them, people don't feel comfortable. Uh, but we have plenty of real estate. Um, for the for the traffic counts that Aaron showed earlier, we have plenty of real estate to move essentially all the traffic to the other side of the median. We could reserve a bus lane. There's other things we could do with that and create a significant um, place for high school. We could then turn Napa Street, the Napa and Bridgeway intersection, which is a known hotspot. We've talked about the accidents that have happened there. We know that there's a safety study about to start. We could turn that into a traffic circle. We could turn this uh, visualized one into a traffic circle. We can get rid of the Spring Street stoplight that is just to the left of this graphic, uh, not quite on there, because people can easily double back to the traffic circle and make their way northbound. Uh, we could convert Net Nevada Street to a traffic circle. Things that then you know look similar to how they are at Napa and points north. But we can accomplish you know really a much more modernized radically different um but quite exciting and quite uh beneficial for all road users by taking a different look so i'd be happy to put up some of the visuals but i think this one really captures the spirit of what we could accomplish there you know the big thing is yeah for this one and i think one of the reasons we didn't dwell on it as much today is when we talk cost this is going to get into even higher levels of cost which gets me even more excited about what City Manager Zapata has, has started to tee up in terms of grant writing. And uh, you know, we can circle back to it later, but I'd love to even have this advisory committee consider voting on the motion tonight to support the prioritization of grant writing. And in particular, what it takes, what does it take to be really successful for infrastructure grant writing? Because I think anyone can, uh, we found we've been able to stumble our way into $50,000 grants, sometimes larger. Um, and a lot of people could help with that, but I think there's some special skill sets that could help us pursue big dollar amounts, multi-million dollar, dollar amounts, maybe even tens of millions of dollars that allow us to accomplish some of these really big wins. And from a frankly, I think we're just going to need that in order to make it a reality in South Florida. Kevin. Thank you. So um, I just wanted to make sure we give David Parisi a little bit of time to kind of talk about some of the safety aspects that he may see just from a, a high level. You're not necessarily jumping into any details. Um, he was kind enough to join us this evening. So just a couple minutes to, what do you think, David, when you see some of these things? Um, well, number one, I'm kind enough to join you any evening. So thanks for inviting me, Kevin. Um, our firm has planned and designed uh, a lot of road diets for either buffered bike lanes in each direction or bi-directional uh, cycle tracks. I'm very excited about the, these ideas. So really cool, you guys, for, for thinking about this. Um, so first, I've seen the presentation. I was just looking at some traffic numbers, and uh, I'll share with you some of the experiences we've had and some th you know things we're going to want to look out for if this proceeds a little further. Um, it's correct, you know, about 750 uh, 
vehicles per hour per lane is is typically what you need to uh, design to. So when you're you know less than that, um, or if you if you have more than that, you typically need two lanes in each direction between intersections. So Aaron is totally right on that. Uh, most road diets are done on roadways um, that are going from uh, four to three lanes without a median. And that and then that third lane is the middle lane. It turns out to be a two-way left turn lane, which can serve for left turns or emergency vehicle access. So um, doing a road diet and retaining a median uh, could provide some opportunities and could provide some challenges as well. As we all know, Bridgeway has a median. Um, looking at some traffic numbers real quick, northbound traffic between Nevada and Harbor uh, is, is a little bit over 700 cars from a, a recent pre-COVID count. Um, I'm sure some days it's higher, some days it's lower. So it's pretty close to that 750 figure for through traffic. I do want to um, state though that road diets often don't come down to the roadway segments between the intersections, but the intersections themselves. And that is, you know, how, how you're accommodating, you know, sometimes uh, one traffic lane works great for the between intersections, but sometimes you need two approaching the intersection because it's controlled by light or maybe has 50% of the capacity. Um, so those are the, often it's the intersections that really control how you design a road dais. And it's often you have to uh, pull the, bring the capacity back at those intersections. Sometimes not, that's something that would have to be uh, looked at. And um, for instance, we do know that there's a really heavy left turn onto Marin ship uh, coming inbound, right? And so that left turn um, competes against a northbound through movement. And, and that's already operating at a pretty poor service level, which again, from a CEQA standpoint, we don't really care about it anymore, but it means delays and queuing. So um, that northbound through movement is, is pretty important because that competes with green time for the southbound left turn, if that makes sense. Same thing is going on down at Harbor, really long left turn lanes. So these are some things to, to consider. Um, and I know, Aaron, you're saying, hey, maybe it wouldn't make as much sense on the other side of the street, but actually from a traffic perspective, maybe something you want, that would could make more sense because of the competing uh, traffic movements. And I don't know if I'm making a lot of sense, but I haven't had a lot of time to, to draw this out or do a little presentation, but I just say be open to, to other ideas, okay? And then, um, Couple other things that, again, most many road diets don't have to compete with a median, or people concerned about emergency egress. Um, you know, if it's down to one lane outbound, uh, we are working with a lot of communities where, you know, because of Paradise and, and other concerns, you know, emergency egress is a, is a big big deal, and rightfully so, uh, just so the roads are, are sized right in case there's a, you know, need to evacuate. But overall, these are just some of the, I, I get real excited about these road diets and the opportunities they provide. Um, and uh, love to see this presentation tonight. So all I'm doing is throwing out there, be, be open to options. And um, you know, there's little little nuances that can affect these. But I think it's, it's really cool. Um, that's all I have right now, actually. That's, goodness, I just saw your presentation, so I'm reacting to it. David. Any, uh, any projects or any learnings from urban traffic circles plus road diets? So urban traffic circles, you know, like the single laners uh, have a huge capacity for traffic. So that's a great way um, 
Huron to, to address some of the competing uh, conflicts that I was talking about, you know, for like green time at signalized intersections, because single lane roundabouts, if they're the right size, can handle up to 3,000 cars an hour, right? They can really, they have really high capacity uh, and slow movements. They take out more real estate, right? So that'd be something to think about. But, um, you know, modern roundabouts are, are really taking off and, you know, jurisdictions are, are starting to see the, uh, the high value, but they are also high cost. Thank you. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Sure. Aaron, you're on mute, sir. Actually, David, can I ask a quick question? Yeah, absolutely, Warren. Um, just in terms of, I'm just, I'm just like look, thinking about our our real estate, you know, that we have to work with, and and yeah. this, and this um, you know, if we if the median were to be retained, and, and you know, you know, giving obviously due deference to the to the issue of of egress, what sort of like you know, what sort of clearance are you looking for, for having, um, like if you were to narrow, if you were to drop the bridgeway to one lane northbound, but then re retain some space, kind of like, you know, an extra painted shoulder or something, mm -hmm. like what sort of space would you need? What, what is the width you need for, to, to have both like a pla place for cars to pull over and um, you know, like a breakdown lane or a place for, for um, uh, um, like an ambulance to get through, like how much width do you need? Well, that's usually not my call, usually just the fire department's call. Mm -hmm. I do know we ran into this uh, exact question though, when we were doing the Miller Avenue uh, redesign and going down to one lane with the buffered bike lane, which could be class four if they put the post up. And in that case, um, you know, I, I know it was 20 feet plus, okay. clear, clear space, just so vehicles could pull over and fire apparatus with their mirrors. Goodbye. And are there any? Do you know of any examples of you know? Because there are some some places like you know Blythdale, which are you know already narrow, narrower than this. Are there cities that you know that have evacuation plans where they can re, you know reverse reverse an, an inbound lane to an outbound lane in the events that, in the events of needing to, to clear a lot of people out of a spot? Yeah, you know Mill Valley has actually developed that plan as you speak, uh, Warren. Uh, that's the plan they're, they've come up with for a, a contra flow. Okay. But again, there's not a median in the place uh, yeah, yeah. where they're thinking about it. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah, that's um, it's a topic du jour. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. For sure. Cool. Thank you, David. Mm -hmm. Regan, what, what, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, thank you. I. I just had a trivial question for David Parisi about um, bike and pedestrian safety at roundabouts. Um, it, as you look at the design that is um, in this presentation, mm -hmm. how do you think that would be feasible um, and conducive to bike and pedestrian safety without inter interfering with traffic flow? Uh, I don't know how true that my question is. I, I, can you, can someone pull up that, that diagram real quick? Cause again, I haven't studied this. Um, I can tell you generally though, single lane roundabouts when designed well, you know, are, can be, can be uh, pretty safe for pedestrians because they have the crosswalks are, are back. 
from the intersection, the entry speeds are slow, you know, like 10 or 15 miles an hour. The sight lines are, are really good. Um, for bicycles, they can be designed so that the bikes take the road, share the lane, or they can be designed where a cyclist also has the opportunity you know, to ride the cycle track around the roundabout. So it really depends how much real estate you have and what you can do with it, you know? I'm, 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 I'm frankly, I'm a believer in single lane roundabouts. I think they can, I mean, um, I've been through enough. We've designed it enough to know that they're, you know, they're, they're really, um, they have so many attributes uh, from a safety standpoint. Good, I, I, that was the, um, the expert uh, interpretation that I was looking for. Thank you. I am biased, I'll say too. My wife is Dutch. We go to Holland <laughs> every single year. So I've been through hundreds and hundreds of them. And uh, there's a so commonplace and, and, you know, again, it does take getting used to. Mm -hmm. So, but I think they're taking off more and more in the US. For sure. Yeah, I'm out in North Dakota and they have them here. <laughs> hey, Susan, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I just also had a question, which is in terms of the roundabouts without a road diet and whether that at Napa and at Easter we if that's a possibility or if it's they need to happen at the same time. You know, I think uh, what's interesting, if the we haven't laid out road diets in those locations, I mean roundabouts, but if we did, we would still reduce the lanes coming into a roundabout from two to one right before we get into the roundabout because the roundabout has plenty of capacity if that makes sense so um as i mentioned before is for a lot of these projects it's the intersections that control the capacity of the roadway system it's not the blocks between right it's really all the conflicts and the movements we're trying to serve uh, at different times or concurrently okay great thank you So, you know, I think we, the presentation was, was intended to be at a very high level of, mm -hmm. of uh, what are the different possibilities and, and even just to go iterative and say, hey, what if we did, what's the cheapest way we can go? And then what's the, you know, all the way to the ideal, like with the roundabouts and everything. And, and that's because one of the things that I wanted to say is we've had this design this class one path and 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 for for many years and uh, there's been no movement on it and i don't know why i can't actually speak as to why that's happened but i can say that the cost of this section is extremely high and so um you know david Parisi, do you have any any guidance on how we could uh, and, and this probably goes well beyond, you know, what it is your expertise is, but if, if this right of way cost is, is extremely high, how could we avoid that, that right of way cost, uh, for example, is there, have you seen any projects where that is, has been a blocker in the past? Um, I'm not sure I quite understand your question and maybe Kevin does better and <laughs> can help answer this. Um, Thoughts. So I think what Aaron is asking is that if we don't have the right of way to install a roundabout, okay. are there other alternatives from a traffic perspective other than going with a traffic signal? 
Yeah. Are there other alternatives with a smaller roundabout? Does that sound well, if, if I may, it's not about a roundabout. I know we're talking about roundabouts right now. Mm -hmm. I'm actually talking about the class one path from the feasibility study, the mm -hmm. 2011. That goes through the Marin ship, right? And and the, right, right. that's that's the uh, that's the high acquisition uh, cost that I think has is one of the reasons why we're not going through the Marin ship and why we might align on Bridgeway. So you know, is uh, you or, or really anybody? Um, what are some possibilities that we could actually reduce the costs of the right of way acquisition to get through the the marine ship in a, in a satisfying way to provide a the class one path as it was designed? And we didn't really look at that today, but I think we've seen it in the past. Well, that's um, yeah. probably that's probably a question for me at this point. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And one of the issues is that the city doesn't own the roadways. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just throwing out some ideas, you know, the city could go ahead and accept some of those roadways for maintenance. However, they're not necessarily in the greatest condition right now. So mm -hmm. there needs to be a lot of discussion about whether we would want to do that and what type of cost would the city be accepting. Mm -hmm. What type of infrastructure would it be accepting if we did go through with that? And do we, uh, do we want that at this point in time? So those mm -hmm. are pretty big questions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from a connectivity perspective, I understand why this is an important connection. But like I mentioned, we don't own the road and um, working with the federal government and others mm -hmm. may not want to necessarily uh, play with us in the sandbox so yeah so the bay the, the bay model uh, for example is is federal right so that the, the the property near there and so that there's now multiple organizations that we have to deal with and and when we look at bridgeway there's full control the city already has full control of bridgeway that's not a it's not caltrans it's not how you know it's not a state highway it's not county it's 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 sausalito's road yes Yep. And so, um, but then, and then that point, at that point, we're dealing with uh, the amount of volume of traffic we have, and then also the controversy uh, that the residents may have with any changes that we make to that. Yeah. So that's really what I'm kind of, you know, just trying to understand uh, some of the pluses and minuses with going into each of those um, alignments. Uh, what do we got here? David Sudo has a question, and others will, uh, from the public, also feel free to uh, raise your hand. Hey, David. Hey, um, I, I like these ideas. Um, I, you know, they're kind of exciting. I, I, I I'm going to sneak in a uh, semi-non-agendized thing, and just as an example, is I've been riding my bike and every almost every time I get to you know Donahue slash gate six road there there's someone trying to get from Marin City onto the bike path and there's no you know they have to negotiate somehow crossing the streets instead of sharing the diagonal cross you know bike path mm -hmm. um, so anytime we do any of this stuff we need to probably consider um, people coming from the opposite direction that we're than, than we are. Um, uh, the, I, and I like these diet 
ideas. I'd like some lane reduction ideas. I've also noticed a lot of people um, invading my space between Easterby and Napa on my bike. Um, people trying to trying to go into the Caledonia neighborhood, you know, go down Caledonia Street, and they're either squeezing me out or going very fast in the um, left-hand lane to get around me. Um, so there's some unsafe behavior that we modifying the geometry of the road might help with our safety issues. Um, I guess, and and I've been thinking about this these traffic circles for a while too. And my observation is our, our two lanes, the two reasons to have two lanes on Bridgeway are um, storage at lights, which you don't need if we have a traffic circle and, and road rage reduction, which, uh, you know, might be a good reason to keep two lanes. I don't know. Um, you know, just in Southern Marin, when we only have one lane and someone's going slow, people get impatient and, and bad behavior happens. And, for the most part in Sausalito, that doesn't happen. Um, and, and I don't know if that's due to the geometry of our roads. It's something to think about though. Um, but, and, and also I would think if you're gonna think big picture and, and, and hit big, I would look at our medians. I know we, you know, Sausalito beautiful, really likes our beautiful medians, but the Marin Water is talking about changes in what they allow for medians and landscaping um, and we may find that it's useful to reduce the width of our medians and maybe we use that space uh, long term for for other things mm -hmm. so those are my thoughts thanks yeah more of a long-term project it's a uh, I see Regan Fulton's hand thank you um, David just pointed out I think a, a really important thing that we should be considering in light of this proposal, and that is the, the unsafe conditions that exist between Easterby and Napa for bicyclists going south. Um, that was always a, that's a shallow uh, portion if you're going south, and there is no bike lane uh, per se. And that was always a great concern. Um, there are quite a lot of children who, who ride their bikes through there, um, getting to Caledonia in particular, our wolf pack, as you may remember. Um, so we, I think we have an unsafe situation there that your proposal here could really address. I think getting um, people to the other side of the street uh, where they are um, safely away from the cars is, is really a good idea. Mm -hmm. I'm liking the consideration actually of removing the medium a median as beautiful as it is um, because I think there are a lot of uh, advantages to reducing the amount of space that the road occupies uh, for cars and so on um, but I do want to return to if uh, the question that you brought up uh, or I think Karen brought up about grant writing and if this isn't the time please let me know we can come back to it, but I think it is in, incredibly important for us to, to, to start to um, pull up uh, our bootstraps here um, and get some money to fund a grant writer who can get us some money. 
right? Mm -hmm. We we can't really do it ourselves. And that's just the traditional formula is that you, you pretty much have to pay somebody to write a grant to get some money. So it's a chicken and the egg issue, but I think it's worth our while brainstorming on how we're going to be able to do that. Um, it's clear from what Susan says from, uh, about TAM that some money is going to be coming available. We should really be ready with, um, with ideas to propose. And I think these are great ideas that we can propose, but we're going to need some money to, to get them. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, Warren, you're, you're next. Yeah, yeah. So I am um, just uh, following up on Regan's point. You know, I really, you know, whenever we're looking at this stuff, like it, it's, any change is always hard. There's going to be a million things to, 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 to work out. Um, and, and what we have to keep our, have to remember is like what is what is the status quo what are we currently um you know countenancing what what do we currently have and you know i just pulled the crash data on this this corridor you know on bridgeway between napa and harbor between 2010 and 20, 2019 there were 54 injury crashes um, of those 14 were people on bicycles and no fatalities but three severe injuries you know three people whose lives are forever changed and so you know, really trying to, to make these streets safer is such a, you know, it, it's a benefit that we almost will never see. You'll never know the people who, who don't get in crashes because of what you do. And so I want to draw attention to the to the movement at the federal level. The um, Secretary Pete Buttigieg just released the National Roadway Safety Strategy two weeks ago with an aim to, to try to reach zero traffic deaths. So that's something that we should keep in mind. And and when you do road, road diet like this, I think David Sudo had pointed out you know, kind of the idea of, of road rage prevention. That's true. Maybe I mean, that's true, but also two lanes facilitate speeding. You know, uh, Aaron and I were out there a couple weeks ago with a speed gun and, and people were going substantially over the speed limit. And that, you know, the, the most important thing, the most important correlation with severity in a crash is the, is the speed of the vehicle. So if we can limit the speeds on here, what crashes do happen are more likely to be property damage than, than body damage. Um, so then just a couple, a couple of things. Um, Regan made the point about grant writing. I think that's a great idea. You know, that's something just at the, at the TAM board, uh, the executive committee meetings earlier today, they were talking about hiring a consultant to do, um, you know, uh, to, to do research on the federal grants. You know, with the, the, the IAGA just passing, there is kind of an unprecedented amount of, of money at the federal level. Um, some of which is going to get passed through for, for doing transportation for at least the next five years. and. You know, if, if Marin and Saucedo don't don't get it, it's going other places. So, really excited about that. That's where I'll stop. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, and Warren, while I still got you here, you know, I mean, I, I think what you were just talking about it actually hits really close to home. I mean, it was just two weeks ago where I was blocked uh, going over White Hill because I was the traffic um, accident from a cyclist that was killed um, riding on the shoulder and a, and a, and a vehicle traveling at 45 miles an hour, if I'm correct, and, uh, and, and hit the cyclist and killed him instantly. And, uh, and this, that, there's, that could be Bridgeway. I and mean, there's nothing, that, there's nothing that, that is different about that situation. That car veered off the road. Uh, we don't know the cause of why that happened, but it was uh, an unprotected, uh, there's no wall in between that. And that could be Bridgeway, and that death could be happening in our in our town. And this is something at Vision Zero uh, says: no deaths are acceptable. 
you know, and that's something that we have to keep in mind. So I think it's, you know, when it when it uh, when it hits close so close to home, I think we have to look at it and say that, you know, that's somebody that rode through our town that day to get to to get onto that ride. Karen, uh, Karen Wiener, please. Thank you. Um, hi. Uh, this is really exciting. When I see something like this, I wonder, you know, we've talked about what the acceptable traffic flow is for cars on a road. And I wonder what these images, like how we think about how many bikes this type of, you know, one of these lanes could actually accommodate, especially in the, um, in the scenarios where bikes and pedestrians are uh, closer together. Because, you know, I think that the future of local transportation is bicycling. So we're not talking about like a small number of people transporting themselves by bicycle. I think we're, what we, if, if we do take this seriously, we're looking at, you know, a like Copenhagen style transportation solution for people. Um, and so I just want to encourage us to think seriously about options like going through the Marin ship, um, because I think that it'll give a safer and more spacious alternative um, that will then really incentivize people to use bicycles to get around, because it is the best way to get around locally. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Kevin Carroll. Yep. Uh, thank you. Um, I agree. Going through Marinship would probably be better, but I think the objections Kevin brought up about uh, not the city not owning streets and the traffic around Molly's, it's the keeping it on Bridgeway seems the more practical solution. Um, if you told me a couple of years ago the idea of reducing the number of lanes, I would have thought you were nuts. But having seen how it works on Upper Miller in Mill Valley, it's spectacular mm -hmm. uh, how much traffic flows just, if not more smoothly, and it's much safer for everybody except right at the lumber yard. It's, the improvement is dramatic. Um, I don't think it's practical. I don't know if this is a practical idea or not, but I'd be real curious as to what the savings would be to the city in manpower and costs if the medium on Bridgeway was eliminated um, in that section. Um, I just, I, I'm curious what the numbers are. It might not be big enough to be worthwhile to take up some of that real estate, but it would seem like um, that takes a lot of manpower and I would assume costs as far as water and materials to maintain and i'd just be curious um if eliminating some of that medium was practical uh, and had long-term cost savings and hourly manpower savings for the city um but i think definitely that stretch at least to harbor if not all the way uh to gate six um if the number the traffic numbers uh are feasible i think is a brilliant idea Thank you.
Okay, thank you, Kevin. Uh, and now, Kevin McGowan, please. So quick comments, I'll make it very quick because we're getting uh, almost out of time. Yep. Uh, the city is moving forward with a request for proposal to take a look at the safety aspects going from Napa down to um, Johnson Street. Now, as part of that, there may be uh, there may be a recommendation that comes forward to actually put a roundabout in at Napa. And that may help us with our decision of whether to move forward with this type of project in the future. So I wanted to mention that. The second thing I wanted to mention has to do with the fact that, you know, a lot of times we, we think that it's just the, uh, the vehicles that are moving too fast. <laughs> um, on my rides to work, uh, on occasion, I get passed by people who are riding too fast on their bicycles in a four foot bike lane with buses on one side and me on the other. So um, to tone it down and to make it wider for everybody might be a good idea. It might be a good thing. And, and Kevin, as long as we got you here, what are some opportunities for grant writing from the city? Is there is there any dedicated resources or anything like that? I believe our city manager is gonna talk to our council about that fairly soon. Um, I think we're going to try to move forward with uh, some assistance with grant writing and we have to make sure we look at the uh, the available grants coming forward such as what Susan suggested coming through TAM and other places so that we align ourselves with the projects and uh, make sure that we go after the right funding for the right project. And with something as big as the rewrite of bridgeway you know with the roundabouts and everything and removing medians or moving medians does that sound like grant or is that more like a bond i mean what does does that anything come to mind anything you're comfortable sharing uh, helping guide us and what what should we be looking at as a funding source for such a big project if that was the dream we were going to go after i would sure start with some safety grants associated with intersections <laughs> we know that both of those intersections need to have signal updates regardless. So we're probably going to be requesting something in that area and taking a look at whether we can put a roundabout in or not would be a, a viable study. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Just kind of smaller pieces focus on, on some of the harder parts and then you can connect the dots in between. Yeah. I like that. Thank you very much. Um, Susan. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. And just following up with what Kevin just said, um, we are really um, well on the way to getting grant uh, resources, thanks to our city manager Zapata's follow-up from our uh, city council meeting, uh, I think it was October last year, uh, where we uh, really sent a clear message that we wanted to focus on looking at some outside revenue. So I think we've got, Chris can correct me if I'm wrong, but three grant writing resources um, either on the books or about to be on the books. And then tomorrow night, as I think I said previously, uh, we'll be adding some council priorities to existing staff priorities on how to direct our grant writers sort of in what, you know, what areas are priorities for the city. So that's great news. Um, I think we do, we agree with some of the public commenters and other feedback members who said we really wanna be ready and um, kind of get teed up for some of the federal infrastructure money that might be coming. And then also just regular CAM grants and other resources. So that's great. 
And then I think the only other comment I just wanted to make, I, really, this is a great public comment, great discussion. It does seem like we've got kind of two sets of opportunities here. We've got some short-term possible improvements. So for example, the bike boulevard, um, you know, seems like that could be implemented fairly quickly if we could get some permission from property owners or a quick build kind of paint and uh, uh, divider section on Bridgeway could be done kind of as a pilot to see how that plays out and how the controversy is and how the, as um, Mr. Preci mentioned, how some of those intersections work and the turning movements at, um, at uh, Marin Ship and Harbor. So, I mean, I don't, I, I think some of these could be done as kind of pilot um, public yeah. comment gathering approaches, um, maybe not even mutually exclusive, um, having a path through the, the Marin Ship. The other ones, you know, moving the median, the traffic circles, and the original alignment through the friendship that actually involves right-of-way acquisition would certainly be much longer term intensive projects. So maybe those are helpful buckets for discussion. I don't, I don't know. Um, and then I think our first, you know, we just kind of want to get these, I think putting some small amount of money in upfront to get a professional evaluation of these alternatives would be really helpful. Mm -hmm. and then come back for a discussion here and maybe at the council level to see which ones to move forward to with. But I just love the energy and the ideas that you guys are bringing forward. Um, and would love to see it just kind of move to the next next level. So thanks for all your work. Thank you. Thank you for that. And Karen, maybe you can wrap us up here on this subject. Yeah, uh, I'll do a quick wrap up. I mean, thanks to everyone, public, city staff, council members, um, great discussion. I think everything I've heard about here is more exciting and safer and better than our status quo. And so I just love to see what we can get the ball rolling on. I would love to memorialize our support for grant writing. So I'd like to move that the pedestrian and bicycle advisory committee support the city's proposal to prioritize grant writing resources, emphasizing the importance of experience with successfully pursuing grants for infrastructure studies and projects. Cool, I like that. So uh, you're making a motion that we uh, vote on that? Yeah, that's our motion of you know, the advisory committee advising. Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll second that. Uh, yes, <laughs> agree. Okay. Agree. Yes for me. All right, it sounds like we have a majority on that. I may yeah. have to review the recording to get the right language to send it forward, but uh, I think I've got it. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. That was the quick. That's the quick vote. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. We got we got plenty of public comment in there as well. So, let's continue on with our uh, stop sharing here. Sorry about that. Um, with our uh, agenda, which is uh, some project updates from Kevin McGowan, please. Yep. Before I get going on that one, just want a big shout out to David Parisi. Thank you for joining us this evening. Really appreciate the help. Um, he did this on short notice. I think I called him, you know, like this afternoon. So <laughs> many thanks. All right. Okay. Um, a couple project updates for you. 
we're going to go through the list and I'm going to add a couple that are important to this committee. So Coloma Street, we've received some proposals to design Coloma Street. Remember, this is a grant funded project from Safe Routes to School. Um, the design funding is available at this point in time, but the construction funding is not available yet, not until the late fall. So we have the proposals. We are reviewing them at this point in time and anticipate bringing them back to council for award probably in March at this point. Um, I don't think we have a whole lot of um, folks proposing on this, so we may not need a panel on it. In other words, when we have multiple uh, uh, proposers, we'll probably go to a panel to review them and make a choice. So that's my update on Coloma Street. Um, remember, we can't move forward much anything over there until the pump station's finished, and they're, they're moving along with that project as well, which is good news. Nevada Street. Uh, we are currently meeting with our engineer, David Parisi, to finalize the plan set for Nevada Street. Uh, our engineer, Andy Davidson, has moved forward with meeting them in the field and developing a plan for uh, additional digouts, which is good news. We're anticipating getting this thing finished up, the plan set finished up and out to bid and getting towards construction. As soon as school gets out is the intent. So to build this thing in the summertime and when the kids are out of school. So we're shooting for June. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> uh, North Street steps. Folks, if you haven't been out to North Street, go take a look at it. The steps and the railing are almost finished. It's not open yet. They have a, another week or so worth of work. Uh, Annie's been so kind to keep track of them. And I think they've got, a, like I said, one more week and they should be finished up with that. Opening the stairs back up will be a nice, uh, nice thing for the community. So we're pretty excited about that as well. So good job to Andy for keeping track of that. All right, a couple big projects going on. Ferry Landside Project, we have phase one and phase two. For those of you who are not quite familiar with all this, the phase one portion has to do with lot one and making the plaza area a little bit bigger so that we can accommodate changes for the ferry itself and some of the offloading and circulation. Uh, our consultant has met with this group in the past and I'm anticipating that they will come to this committee fairly soon with a more finalized plan as well. We have some hurdles to jump through. One of them has to do with bike parking and bike circulation for the ferry itself. And as you recall, um, the idea was to move the bike parking, which is on Tracy Way to the other side of lot one parking lot. I didn't bring a, a sketch today, sorry about that but we're finding that that might not be enough bike parking at this point in time. So we're trying to reach out to Golden Gate Bridge Highway Transportation District, set up a couple meetings with them so that we can finalize this and um, bring forward a more precise plan in anticipation of doing the work. Golden Gate Bridge is not moving forward with their ferry dock project anytime soon. They are looking for more money as well. So again, this is a chicken before the egg type of thing. Do we move forward with our project before Golden Gate Bridge? Maybe. Um, these are the type of discussions we need to bring back to council uh, in the near future to start talking to them about where we are and where our expectations are gonna be with the project itself. So a good project, but very complex. 
There's another project called the Ferry Landside Improvement Project Phase 2, which has to do with a planning effort put together by local professionals um, to take a look at the connectivity between Lot 1, Lot 2, 3, and 4. And that group is moving forward as well. Uh, the city has assigned some funding in order to support some of the multiple consultants that are needed in order to put together a good uh, plan and be ready for a possible ballot measure that will be voted on by the voters for an actual plan that won't reduce parking but um, can address some of the issues that have been brought forward by the local architects group. So that's moving forward as well. I think we have a pretty big meeting this week with a parking consultant. We've, uh, we've also hired SWA to be the project managers on that project. That's very time consuming from a staff perspective, but we're moving forward with it at this point. A couple other things with both projects has to do with right of way. We're finding that some of the property lines down near the, the parking lots one, two, three, and four um, need some clarification with the yacht harbors and the other folks who own property there. It gets to be a little complex because this goes back to the days when, I'm just gonna take this silly thing off. That goes back to the days when the railroad was through here and trying to define the property lines is quite difficult. So we've hired a, our real estate professional to help us out with this as well as um, some other professional surveyors to take a look at some of the old maps. Again, quite complex, uh, quite a bit over my head at this point. A few more projects for you. Um, the bike parking, I haven't followed through from our last meeting and I need to do that. So uh, my apologies. We were gonna look into putting some more bike parking down at the end of Caledonia. I haven't done that yet. We've had a couple complaints about bike parking in the downtown area too. And I think we probably need to take a look at that from a safety perspective so that bikes aren't parked on the main roadway and bridgeway near the bakery, um, right near the waterfront. I think that was the issue. So we'll look into that and see if we can get some bike parking in different areas as well. Um, I did mention that we have a, uh, an RFP out for the signal intersection at um, Marin Ship and uh, Spring Street. So that is out to bid. We don't have our proposals back in yet, but that's coming up fairly soon. This is another one we'd like to take a close look at other alternatives other than a specific signal to see if we can put in a roundabout and what the cost might be. Another good segue into this is hey, if we're finding out that we can put a roundabout in, we might wanna also take a look at that from a safety perspective on Napa Street, which is another study that we have out specifically to take a look at some of the safety elements between Napa and Johnson. <laughs> All right, one last one, and it was important to this group. Uh, we do have a grant from Bay Trails um, for uh, doing the design work associated with the bridgeway bike lanes going from Princess to Richardson. I always mix the two up, so my apologies. And um, I've corresponded with them twice and we haven't got the paperwork yet for moving forward with that grant. I didn't wanna to be too much of a pest, but I think it's probably time that we pester them a little bit more so that we can get going on the project. Um, they, they provided us with an email saying that we did receive the grant, but we need to follow through. Um, 
and make sure that we get this project rolling. This will put us in line for more grant funding for the actual construction. This is a really good project for outside construction because it, excuse me, outside funding, because it includes um, bicycle improvements for everybody. And it's a very busy corridor. And that's, that's obvious because Bay Trails has decided to put money into it as well. So I'm looking for construction money for that project and it would be a pretty high candidate. So that's my sort of short update. Um, out of, got done a little bit early, okay. Any Good questions? work. Sounds wonderful. Thank you for all that, that update. Um, and uh, you mentioned roundabouts and that's great too. So thank you for that. Napa, that's the discussion. Uh, I have a question on uh, if, if has there been a concept? One of the thoughts I've had is that the amount of parking at the ferry landing is is obviously quite high because there's no other place to park uh, for bicycles in, from the, the whole corridor uh, leading up to uh, the ferry. In other words, down by the Trident or, or uh, that area. Has there been discussion about distributing uh, bike parking in maybe more spots. So then that people won't have to ride all their, their bike all the way down there and then walk back to the Trident if that's where they want to actually eat. Of course, Trident, Trident allows parking there for bikes, but the other uh, businesses around there, Skomas and, and the Deli uh, does not. So any thought about that, which uh, I would think that you could take away some, or, like replace a uh, vehicle parking with some bike parking. In, in you know, we haven't explored that yet, and it's a good subject to talk to um, our consultant a little bit about. It might be outside of their scope, which is generally parking lot one, mm -hmm. um, but it's something to discuss. So I'll bring it up. Thank you. Susan? Um, yeah, I know there's a couple committee members that want to speak, so maybe they could go first. Karen? Oh, um, this is, thank you for the update, Kevin tons of great stuff. I think today is actually the three-year anniversary of the North Street steps going out. So I'm sure we'll all be very excited when they come back, our Valentine's Day sadness. But, and no pressure, but Aaron, I believe, is back next weekend. So if those steps were to open, he could he could enjoy them next weekend. It's Friday, yeah. It's just Friday. When, when those safety studies are completed, particularly on the Spring Street intersection, when those safety studies are completed for the Spring Street intersection and for Napa, is there a possibility for the committee to be able to provide some perspective uh, details on past incidents, et cetera? Because I know we've been thinking a lot about them and might have some ideas. Uh, sure, we can bring that back to this committee. We can, we can do that. All right, thanks, Karen. Jessica, please. Uh, just to your <clears throat> point of distributing the parking, the um, bike parking, there is the private lot behind Angelina's that I wonder if maybe the city could potentially talk with them about permitting parking for bikes during certain hours um, as like a grace period or something like that. Just another area that might be because there is quite limited space down at that end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you good idea um susan uh we just have warren in in the queue uh if you want to go next 
Yeah, I just wanted to ask, I think we talked about this uh, back with the Princess to Richardson project, which is that hopefully part of the grant money for the design phase can include some robust public uh, outreach. Um, I mean, I think what we often get, have issues with is getting ahead of getting ahead of the public on things. So just want to make sure that is, I think it is, as Kevin said, a really good project to attract construction funding. It's a really important segue in the bike connections. It serves residents, tourists, uh, professional, you know, um, not professional, but people who bike for, for um, recreation. Um, you know, so, but we don't want to have that effort kind of stopped in its tracks midway through because we haven't kind of done the, the outreach that we need to do so um it's just a i know we talked about it earlier on um but now that we've got you know we might have that funding coming in soon i can hope that we can combine the design work with the with the public outreach i kind of assumed uh that 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 was going to help us yeah you know once we once we get the design then we have something to share with the public but and uh so yeah absolutely though the bay trails mentioned that too if we want to make sure to have a decent outreach program especially along this corridor because we don't want to affect the parking of the residents or the businesses as well can be a big issue perfect all in agreement warren take us home yeah i'll, I'll keep it quick just um Kevin, just another quick, um, just a one plus for Aaron's comment about about examining maybe converting some of the on street parking on Bridgeway to you know, like a, a a bike corral. This is something that when I was in grad school in Westwood in LA, like you, know, you can fit like twenty bikes or maybe ten or twelve bikes in the space that you can fit fit one car parking spot. And because of Sausalito's prohibition on you know sidewalk and and sign parking, like. We should give people if we don't want people to park in some places we should give people places to, to park their bikes it's the same thing with cars like we don't want people parking the sidewalks so we give them off-street parking spaces um and then just to um to uh the council member's point totally agree with that about the need for for public outreach and also you know like i just in my own capacity i want to send you something uh after we're working we're, uh, mcbc is working with the county and um and the sleepy hollow homes association for a project on on Butterfield Road, where we've been helping with the county and the, the Homes Association to kind of do some some public outreach, and I really have seen kind of how much support there is, even though there's there's kind of some noisy, there can be some noisy opposition. How much support there is in the wider community for for kind of um, a, a new vision. So I'll, I'll send you our I'll, our report that we're we're finding. All right, thanks. That that's all I got. Okay, thank you, Warren. And uh, if there's no other further public comment on the project updates. I don't see any hands. Uh, then uh, I, I think Kevin Carroll just raised his hand. Oh, there we go, Kevin. Yeah, uh, just a couple of questions. Um, I'd asked earlier, I think the, the Goliad Ferry's now requesting room for 300 bicycles. And I'd asked earlier uh, how much, what the capacity was on Tracy Way to sort of give me an idea of what the visual is of um, how much space that's going to take up. And then the other question I had, you mentioned, uh, Kevin mentioned 
later they're going to be meeting with a parking consultant about the lots and I just want it was curious if it's going to be brought up um, I've been noticing during the week more and more tour vans using the back of the parking lot behind the B of A and then one day there was like 11 of them some of them smaller companies and I know there's supposed to be a charge um, for tour vehicles like that using that area and I'm wondering if that's going to be included in the discussion as to whether to continue charging tour buses and and how to do it. Um, I know Herb Wiener used to collect on the weekends, I think, but I don't think anybody's really monitoring anymore. Thank you. Thanks as always, Kevin. Um, okay, any, any other public comments? Please raise your hand. Yeah. All right, we are at uh, time. So uh, we will uh, move on to the next item on the agenda, which is uh, future agenda items. I think we, we made a pretty good list last time, um, uh, but, uh, but by all means, uh, love to hear more about other um, items that you might have on the agenda. I see Regan's hand up. Yeah, I have two things. Um, first is I think we, it's timely that we have some follow-up on um, another aspect of our efforts and that is enforcement. We um, learned some time ago that the police uh, in our uh, city have the ability um, to issue citations on unwitnessed um, incidents where uh, citations are uh, warranted. Uh, that was that's a capability that apparently they weren't aware of at some point and and came to us and, and said that they didn't have that ability. But in the meantime, we've learned, in fact, that they do. So I think it would be good to have an update, to hear uh, what efforts are, are being made, what preparations are being made to utilize that capability and um, make us safer through that aspect of uh, their enforcement efforts. So, um, I would ask then that some uh, representative of the police department provide us with uh, an update on that. Yes, thank you, Regan. Yeah, we had heard uh, heard that from Safe Routes to School, so it'd be nice to, to hear that at this committee as well. And, uh, and my, I'm sorry, I just, I think it's been several months now, but I, and we haven't had the opportunity, but I think it's timely that we, um, we marked the passing of uh, Tony Tom. He, he was a central member of uh, the bicycle community here in Sausalito. Someone I've known since 1985. It's a, a sad loss for us in Sausalito that he passed away. And I think since he was such a big supporter of cycling uh, and a central member of our community that it's just worth nodding our heads for for tony who's, who's no longer with us thank you regan for bringing that up i was actually going to finish with that and i just wanted to also say that tony you know was just done so much for the he, he he was he's been in this town since 1972 
I showed up in 2003, he got a Bianchi green bike for Carol and then one for me. And we've gotten several more bikes from him since then. When I was in Switzerland, when I heard the news, I had, because it's winter, I had only brought one set of cycling clothing and the jersey I had was Bicycle Odyssey. And um, I think that, yeah, somebody like Tony, when reading the online articles about how many lives he's touched, it brought it to home that, you know, I kind of had that feeling about it, but I hadn't really realized it, um, you know, to that level. And, uh, but I always tried to help him understand how much I appreciated Tony and I always will. Thank you. Regan. Thank you, Ralston. I was gonna add, Karin and I are going to work with Kevin on the CIP. So that's a future agenda item. Very good. Yeah. And um, that's also worth mentioning that I'm not going to be uh, able to join next month. So if, uh, Karen, you're able to lead, maybe you guys can have a CIP discussion. That would might be a great time to do that if, if Kevin were to be able to, uh, to accommodate the effort that would take to, to go through that. Sounds good to me. Okay, great. Um, okay, if there's any any other uh, hands or, or suggestions, uh, okay. Well then, let's adjourn. Thank you. We're six minutes past due, but not too bad. And uh, a great discussion on a very big section of of Bridgeway. Let's let's uh, keep the dream alive. Let's go find some funding. <laughs> it seems to help. And uh, everybody have a have a great uh, have a great evening. Thank you so much for your participation. And thank you. Special thanks to our, our city manager, Chris Zapata, for joining us tonight. Thank you, Chris. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. Back. Don't forget. All right. Back to your Valentine's Day. Bye, <laughs> everyone. Bye. Right. Bye-bye.